back to the Foul Balls podcast for September 19th, 2017. Got full slate, so more games than there was uh, tonight for the just short seven-game slate. Got Max Scherzer back on the mound at 12,800. Usually when a guy like Scherzer's on the mound, Matt and I just love these guys. I don't think it's a bad Scherzer. But with that said, there's a ton of pitching today. So... I, I don't think that Scherzer 12,800 is like some ridiculously bad play, but compared to other guys on the board, not someone I'm going to have any exposure to. Do you agree with that, Matt? Uh, yeah, I think Scherzer's probably priced pretty fairly at 12,800. It's a little cheaper than he's been, uh, but he's also in a fairly difficult matchup. The Braves are probably an average to slightly below average offense, but he is on the road and it is sort of a hitter's park in Atlanta, uh, or at the very least a neutral park. Uh, but the Scherzer injury is what has me scared. I think even if he is pitching at full strength, I think the Nationals probably will be cautious with his pitch count. Although I did say that his last start five days ago, and somehow after giving up two runs in six innings and pitching sort of mediocre uh, at 97 pitches, they let him go out for the seventh, walk three guys in a row, and then stay in the game for two more batters. So I don't know what Dusty Baker's doing. Um, maybe Scherzer throwing a lot of extra pitches is to his detriment, at least it was for that start. But I think the injury scares me enough that even if he was a little bit cheaper than this, I still probably wouldn't use him. Uh, I think for a normal slate, this would be this would be a spot where we might use him just by default, where the price is okay. I think you can make the case that he has the highest upside of any pitcher, um, highest expected output, which still is probably true. But there are enough other good pitching options on this slate that I think you don't need to use him. So I don't think he's a terrible play either. But I'm not going to go there just because I think there are a lot of other much cheaper pitching choices that are good. And I think there's some pretty expensive offenses that are in really good spots. Uh, so just the way that these games work out, I don't think it makes much sense to use him. Um, but it's not too much of a knock on him, although there are some concerns there. Yeah, so let's get in. Somebody who's usually priced in kind of the same range as Scherzer, or a little bit cheaper, is Chris Archer. Archer's all the way down at 7900 He's at home against the Cubs. The Cubs have hit the ball much better against right-handed pitching in the second half of the year than they did in the in the first half of the season. But with that said, it's still not some ridiculously crazy good offense. I would say they're probably just slightly above average. And then in addition to that, Archer all the way down at 7900 I don't know if there's been a single home start this year where he's been under 10000 So him at 7900 he's also somebody there's a little bit of concerns about how healthy he is right now. But still, he had an average fastball velocity of 96.7 miles per hour in his last start, which was actually the second hardest all year. So it's not something where it's totally the injury totally crippling him from being able to uh, pitch well or throw hard. I think just more it's hurt his location recently because I know you were telling me that you watched a lot of his last start and he was having trouble locating some of his pitches. But just the fact that he was still able to throw 96-plus miles per hour, him at 7,900, there's so much upside at that price. Yeah, I definitely like Archer a lot. Uh, he's in contention for my favorite pitcher on the slate. Uh, not sure if he's quite my favorite, but uh, this is just so much cheaper than he usually is. I am worried about a possible injury because he did leave that game against the White Sox a couple weeks ago with a forearm injury. Uh, his command has looked a bit off in recent starts. I do think some of it was a bit fluky in that last start against the Yankees. Um he was seemingly not getting a lot of calls on the borderline part of the zone that he would normally get. Um, part of this could also be that he just hasn't had a home game in a while. Uh, you've talked about this. Archer has sort of sort of more of a home road split than most guys. I think 
it's not too much more than the average pitcher, but I think that Archer, relative to how a normal pitcher of his ability should pitch on the road, I think is a little bit worse. But this is a home start, and Archer is very good at home. Uh, we can definitely agree on that. And the Cubs offense is very overrated, especially against righties. So this price tag, while there's not a ton of upside there, because the Cubs offense isn't terrible, and um, I think there could be some risk on the Rays not wanting to let Archer throw a ton of pitches. I think he came out around 90 in his last start. But I, while I think that there's less upside than usual for him, that's just so much cheaper than he usually is. And being one of the best pitchers in the league, I think it makes a ton of sense to use him. Yeah, I mean, it's just the price tag. It's 7900 is so ridiculous for somebody of his upside. So Archer at 7,900, I think, is a really strong play. He's kind of, I have like 1A, 1B in terms of favorite pitchers. The other one, Aaron Noll at 8,300. We like Noll a lot for his last start. He'd had a couple of not great outings in a row, but we pointed out the strikeouts were still there. So we still liked his upside in that matchup, and there was some bad luck involved. And then he really turned it around the last start, seven innings, 11 strikeouts. So I don't think we expected that ridiculous of a performance from him. <laughs> But his price has actually gone down since then. He does have a more difficult matchup against the Dodgers. But still, it's it's just another situation where we have a really good pitcher priced down, even in not the easiest of matchups. But Nola at 8,300, Archer at 7,900, those are my two favorite pitchers. It's just really cheap price tags for guys who are uh, probably both top 20 to 30 starters in baseball. Yeah, the reason for Nola being priced down is completely different than the reason for Archer being priced down. Uh, Nola being priced down is just, I think, because of the matchup. Uh, the Dodgers offense is good for the season, but it's been worse recently. I think a lot of their top-of-the-order guys have regressed quite a bit. Cody Bellinger was the best hitter in baseball for a while, but he wasn't expected to be that good out of the gate, and he is a rookie, so some struggles are to be expected. I mean, to, to think that Bellinger would be a top-five overall hitter in the entire league for a full season is just a little ridiculous. So um, he's been worse. Justin Turner has been worse. Uh, Chris Taylor's been a bit worse in the second half. Corey Seager's been dealing with an injury. He missed a week or so and then has been rested a couple times. Uh, and that's something else with the Dodgers lineup. And he, they, missed, uh, he missed tonight with an injury. He has an elbow injury. Yeah, he did pinch hit in the game, so it's possible that he starts uh, on Tuesday. But I think the Dodgers have been cautious enough with their guys because the, game, the games don't really matter for them right now. Um, they're still comfortably in first place in the National League. I think they have a four- or five-game lead on the Nationals, so it's possible they could lose it. But... That's not too big of a deal for them anyway, even if they were to fall back into second place. I mean, they're guaranteed to make the playoffs still, uh, so they're not playing for much right now. I think there is a decent chance that we'll see a weaker-than-usual Dodgers lineup. But even if we don't, um, this is an offense that is probably above average but not great. Their, their full-season stats, I don't think, are fully indicative of their ability as a team because they were so much better in the first half than they have been in the second half. And I think they're probably closer to the first half than they were to the second half, but... They're still a little bit overrated, and Nola is just good enough that it doesn't really matter who he's facing. Uh, so 8300 for a pitcher that good is just too cheap in virtually any matchup. He does have home field advantage. Um, so Nola and Archer, I think, for both of us is the optimal pitching combo. But uh, there are a couple other cheaper guys that I think we both like. Yeah, so, I mean, to me, Nola and Archer are my two favorites. But I think there's other two guys. There's two other guys that also warrant some exposure. It's Kevin Gaussman at 6,800 against the Red Sox. I know Dylan Bundy didn't pitch well tonight against Boston, but I think it's a really similar matchup for Gaussman. And I also think that Gaussman is probably about similar quality of a player to Dylan Bundy. 
And Gaussman also got a lot of strikeout upside. He's also been all over the place this year in terms of good games, bad games that have been hard to predict. But for GPPs, the upside's there. He's cheap. And the other one, Herman Marquez, 7,100 against the Giants. Just, I mean, any time that a Colorado pitcher goes on the road, it's a huge boost for them. The other thing also is Marquez has overall just been pretty solid this year. Even at Coors Field, he hasn't been terrible. He throws high 90s fastball. He's one of the hardest-throwing pitchers in baseball. Generates a lot of strikeouts. It is difficult to strike out the Giants. But with that said, 7100 I just think, is a cheap price for a pitcher who's as good as Marquez against the Giants, who just aren't really a threat to score a ton of runs. Yeah, my concern with both these guys is that both teams— um... Well, both of these pitchers are fairly young, and with how late in the season we are, I think that there might be a concern for their managers to limit their pitch counts. Uh, so Gausman and Marquez are definitely my third and fourth favorite guys, but I, I'm pretty comfortable saying that Nola and Archer are substantially better choices than those two, even for their prices. Um, I think there's enough risk with Nola and Archer to mix in both other guys, but if I had to say my favorite two pitchers um, if I had to grade them all on a scale of 1 to 10, I think I'd have Nola and Archer as 10 out of 10, and then um, Marquez and Gausman as like 8 out of 10 or something, where they're they're good plays, but I think they're substantially worse. So I think you could sort of justify going just all in with the top two choices. But Gausman is really underpriced. It's a, it's a kind of tough matchup. Marquez is probably underpriced too, and it's not a tough matchup, but it's a very high floor, low ceiling kind of matchup because... The Giants' offense is bad, but they don't strike out a lot. They put the ball in play a lot. Um, so if we were talking about cash games, Marquez would probably be my favorite guy. But for GBPs, there's not a ton of upside there with the way the Giants play offense. And a pitch count definitely could be a concern for Marquez. So I think at this point, I'm not sure if I'll use a ton of either Gaussman or Marquez. But I definitely think that they're a lot better than any other choice on the slate outside of Nola and Archer. Um, I'm going to have at least some exposure to all four of those pitchers with Archer and Nola being the ones I have the most exposure to in my lineups. Is that the same for you, Archer and Nola? Going to be guys you just have a lot of, and then it sounds like you're not that into Marquez. So is there anybody else you like? No, there's no one else I like. If I had to ballpark the exposure at this point, I'm thinking something like 80% Nola, 80% Archer, and then 20% each for the other two guys. Yeah, I would say it's probably about the about the same for me as of now, depending on you know lineups. But that's that's probably a safe bet. Uh, so going into the offenses now. Actually, let me we, let me stop you. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in one more name that I think we could consider. You you might just entirely disagree here, but just um, gonna put the name out there. So Johnny Cueto's at home against the Rockies and is cheaper than Marquez. Do you have any interest there at all? If it was a smaller slate, I would. But it just Cueto's been so bad this year that it makes it really hard for me to consider rostering him. Uh, I know we've had disagreements about him earlier in the year, and I'm going to assume that you have a softer stance on Cueto now. But for the year, Cueto, 4.5 ADRA, 4.66 FIP. Uh, he does strike out eight hitters per nine, so that's not terrible result. But he just hasn't been a very good pitcher this year. I know that the Rockies have not been good against right-handed pitching. And they get the worst park uh, downgrade possible for this matchup, too, going from Coors Field to AT&T Park. And uh, the, the thing that I'm looking at for Cueto is his first start back. I think it was his first start back um, against the Dodgers in his last start. He struck out eight in only three and two-thirds innings. Granted, he didn't pitch well overall, uh, but his velocity was decent. He was throwing 91.5 to 92. 
I, I, I don't think Cueto's good at all right now. I think that you could probably call him average. And an average pitcher at home for 7,000 against the Rockies, who's right-handed um, in the best pitcher's park in baseball, I think you could consider him. Um, so I, I think for me, I'm going to put Cueto into the same category as both Marquez and Gaussman, but um, I, I definitely won't commit to using him yet. Yeah, I mean, I think he makes, like, some sense. I absolutely won't roster him at all, unless, unless like, something crazy was to happen where, like, all the pitchers I like don't end up pitching. Or if, like, Charlie Blackman and Nolan Arenado sit, maybe you could use him then. Yeah, but or else I'm not going to roster Cueto tomorrow. Uh, I just, I, I definitely think Archer and Nola are better options. And then, uh, even, I like, I prefer the Marquez side of the game also. Yeah, fair enough. All right, we can, we can go over to offense now. Yeah, so offenses, one thing to talk about is since we like such cheap pitchers, you, we could basically fit in any offense we want. So even if an offense is a little expensive, it's not it's not a total deal breaker. So my favorite offense on the slate I think is going to end up being the Houston Astros at home against Lucas Giolito. So Giolito, really highly regarded prospect. But he just hasn't had a ton of success, despite his pedigree. His minor league numbers this year, 4.4 ADRA, 4.44 FIP. He does have a 2.56 ERA in five major league starts, but still a 5.3 FIP. Last year in six major league appearances, 6.75 ERA, 8.21 FIP. So overall, just he's, he's somebody who has not had a lot of success in the major leagues. The Astros, probably the best offense in baseball now that Correa's back, Springer's healthy. They have everybody together, so I, I just think this is a really good spot for the Astros. I like them a lot. Yeah, the Astros are my favorite offense, too, and I think we'll get them at substantially lower ownership than usual, not because this is a full slate, well, not only because this is a full slate, but also because Giolito is sort of viewed as a pretty decent pitcher. Um, he's had a couple pretty lucky starts against the Royals in his most recent start. He managed to go seven innings, I think with one run allowed, despite not really getting any strikeouts. And uh, just the fact that he's a highly regarded prospect, I think, influences some people's opinion of him. But, uh, yeah, the Astros aren't as expensive as they usually are. Jose Altuve is the only guy priced over 5000 The Astros also haven't had a lot of big games recently, so they might be viewed as cold by the general public, which is something that we don't really care about because a lot of that is just based on randomness anyway. I don't think there's anything wrong with the Astros right now. Some of it is they've faced pretty good pitching against the Angels. Uh, that was the most recent series that they had. But, uh, yeah, this just, you know, random variation. Sometimes teams don't hit well for three to five days at a time. And uh, I would expect that if a team's going to start playing better, um, the White Sox are a team to do it against where you would not be surprised at all if even a bad team uh, scores a bunch of runs against the White Sox. I mean, the Tigers just put up 12 on them on Sunday. So, uh, yeah, it's not, like, it's not like it can't be done. And the Astros are still probably the best offense or at least top five offenses in baseball. This is just a, I think it's a really good opportunity to get them at cheap and low-owned, which just almost never happens. Yeah, definitely. And then also just something ridiculous that I just think is hilarious because I have it on the background. The Giants are down 24-10 to 10 with six minutes left in the game. The running draw plays up the middle. But back to baseball <laughs> and past the terribleness of the New York Giants and their awful play calling. Uh, Astros, favorite offense for me. Another offense that I really like a lot is going to be the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, at home against um, what's uh, Jack Flaherty is the name of the rookie pitcher. So Flaherty is a decently regarded prospect, but also hasn't had a ton of success this year in the major leagues. He, ha- he 
didn't pitch particularly well in the minor leagues. So I think this is a good spot for the Reds in a very hitter-friendly park against a young starting pitcher. Yeah, the Reds are definitely one of my favorite choices, too. And specifically for plugs, I think Jesse Winker probably leading off at only a $3,400 price tag, which I think is lower than any potential Reds active starter. Uh, Winker's going to be someone I use a ton of. And just overall, I think it's a really good matchup for the Reds. They hit in one of the strongest hitters parks. Um, They have a very fantasy-friendly offense. A little bit less so without Billy Hamilton and all the potential stolen base points. But um, I definitely like the Reds for the way they play offense because of the power and um, yeah, the, the home run upside there is huge. Flaherty's not very good. He's also only 21 years old. So even though he was decent in the minors, uh, sort of mediocre, but he's a fairly high, highly regarded prospect. He's just very young, so I would expect a lot of hiccups early in his career. Um, he's been a bit unlucky through his first couple starts, but I still think that the Reds should do well against him. Uh, the Cardinals don't have a particularly good bullpen either, and I would imagine Flaherty doesn't pitch for very long just because he's young and they, they're they going to be cautious with him unless he's pitching some unbelievable game. Uh, I think there's a second favorite offense that I would put above the Reds, but I'll go with Cincinnati at number three. So what's the one you have at number two? Uh, this is the other team that we talked about before we started, uh, the Diamondbacks against Travis Wood in San Diego. So Travis Wood, I would say, is the worst pitcher by far of anyone on this slate. And uh, San Diego is sort of viewed as a pitcher's park, but since they moved the fences in last year, it's actually played as average to slightly above average for hitters. But Wood is really bad, and the Diamondbacks, even though they're expensive, have a lot of right-handed power. So guys like Goldschmidt and J.D. Martinez and A.J. Pollock, I'm going to have a ton of exposure to. Chris Iannette has been batting second against lefties. Um, I just think it's a really good opportunity to use Arizona in a really, really easy matchup. And I think they could be fairly low-owned because of how expensive they are. But uh, the pitchers that we like are cheap enough where it's going to be easy to fit in any offense. So... Arizona probably, I would I would think they have the second highest expected output after the Astros. And since we don't have to worry about the cost of the players too much with cheap pitching, uh, we can sort of rank our favorite offenses in terms of their highest expected output. And for me, that would go uh, Astros, then Diamondbacks, and then Reds. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I, I, like, the, I like the Diamondbacks more than the Reds also. Uh, with that said, I also agree with you, Jesse Winker is going to be somebody who I have a ton of exposure to as the Giants run another eight-yard pass play on fourth and ten. Mm-hmm. And there's there's no other offenses that I really want to stack. I think that some A's players make sense as plugs just because Chad Bell's a really bad starting pitcher and the Tigers have a really bad bullpen. But I don't think I'm going to stack the A's at all. Is there any other offenses that you want to talk about? Yeah, well, you mentioned one of them. So there's two more offenses, and I think for the most part, I'll be using them as plugs. Uh, The one that you just said, the A's, I think definitely just uh, limiting them to plugs unless Matt Olson is out because it's a left-handed pitcher and the A's become significantly cheaper without Olson in the lineup. He's uh, their most expensive hitter at 5,000 on DraftKings. So uh, it'll be a lot easier to stack the A's if he's not there, but it also makes them a substantially worse offense. But for plugs, Ryan Healy at 3,900. I think Marcus Semien's at 3,900 also. Chris Davis, only a little bit more expensive than that. Against a really bad starting pitcher for the Tigers and a really bad bullpen, there's a lot of upside there. Uh, But I also like the other side of that game, the Tigers against Daniel Gossett, who's not very good either. The A's also don't have a good good bullpen. And uh, the Tigers are really, really cheap. So at the very least, I'm going to be using a ton of them as plugs. Miguel Cabrera is still only 3,000. Castellanos is at 3,500. So for hitters that are 
very good. Uh, I would say both of those guys are not great hitters. Uh, Miggy, certainly not anymore. But uh, both of those guys are well above average hitters, even though Miggy hasn't really looked like it this year. Uh, his his batted ball stats still suggest that he should be an above average hitter going forward, even if he is playing hurt and playing just below what we've come to expect from him. I think uh, Mikey Matok is an above average hitter. Uh, Kinsler and Jaimar Candelario are potentially above average hitters, although for different reasons, they just they haven't been that way uh, over the course of this season. But I think the Tigers are cheap enough where you could stack them and then just plug in the most expensive hitter from each other team that we like. So you could theoretically make a Tiger stack with Nola and Archer and use J.D. Martinez and Carlos Correa and one other really expensive hitter, and it works with them. Um, so I probably will stack the Tigers a little bit, but at the very least, I think because of just the just the sheer value of how cheap they are, I think that for plugs, they're going to be my favorite team to squeeze in with the uh, expensive offenses that we like. Yeah, so I don't have anything else to add. How about you? Nope, I think that we covered it all. So that will finish today's podcast. You follow me on Twitter at GRenbergDFS and Matt's Twitter handle is at PreachingSense, and we'll be back tomorrow.